0: Hi, welcome to Prayana, the NRI podcast. I am Arun Balaraman and every episode I will speak to an Indian expat and listen to the story about life abroad. Stuck between being a desi and a Videsi, we chronicle the long journey to success in an alien land. Is life abroad full of money, success, romantic dates and vacations or is it filled with loneliness, long winters, take away food and counting days to the next India visit. Tune in as I speak to my friends from across the world about their Prayana. On today's episode of Prayana, I speak to an old friend from Sydney, Australia, a man of many talents, Dominic Johnson. Apart from being a successful sales professional, Johnny is a well-known singer, an accomplished guitarist, college basketball pro, a loving husband and a doting father. He is multifaceted and there are many things he can do. However, one little thing has eluded him for many years. To find out more, let's listen in. Donnie, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Arun. Absolute pleasure to be on your show. Like I said in my introduction, you seem to excel
0: and succeed at many things. But there's one thing I've seen you fail. Why haven't you been able to grow your hair successfully?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You had to start with that, Arun. You had to start with that. Well, I think I'd I like to blame it on genetics. Uh, <laughs> it, my dad is bald. My granddad is bald. So I've just learned the art of carrying baldness and uh, and carrying it well. Uh, I guess you guys have to tell me whether I've carried it well so far or not. Uh, well, the,
0: You carried off very well. But the only thing that it has confirmed is that eating curry leaves do not work.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. My mom... Was hell bent on growing that hair back, uh, but has she failed miserably? She would, uh, you know, make a lot of curry leaves and give me for every meal. I would eat that, um, but nothing worked. But you know what? In, in somewhere at some point, it something worked, and it was not curry leaves though. <laughs> you know, some a friend of mine introduced me to this doctor. He lived, I think, fifty kilometers from Bangalore. I used to go. Somewhere beyond Eswanpur, I met him once. He gave me medicines for six months, and I followed it diligently. Man, it actually worked, okay? It grew back. But it's almost like you know it, it gives you that hope, and then it's taken away like you know, within a month, it just fell <laughs> fell back within a month, like in a couple of months, I think I lost everything that grew again. So back to square one. I said, that's where I decided. forget it, let's 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 just learn to carry baldness
0: doesn't affect you one bit, Johnny. Having hair or having no hair, you've always been popular with the ladies.
1: So, uh, yeah, it is, it's working for you. What so. are you talking about? What are you talking about? I, I don't understand. You've always been <laughs> popular with the ladies. You know this in college. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think, uh, y- you know, being in music and, uh, you know, I was in bands and, 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 and as a guitarist and musician, I think that's just a perception, and uh, we don't do any work other than play the guitar. And I think it just attracts the ladies. <laughs> <We've>, uh...
0: <laughs> so Johnny, yeah, do you yeah. continue? Do you continue to pursue music in uh, Sydney? How long have you been
1: there now? Uh, Sydney, I've been here for for nine years now. I, I came here in 2011 November, so closing in on nine years. Uh, but yeah, music—it's been part of me throughout. I mean, even in Sydney, I, uh, I, I go to church here, a church locally here, and I've been part of like a, an acoustic group. So, I, so we continue to catch up for jam sessions and, you know, dish out a couple of acapella songs here and there. So, but but very very gospel and Christian music is what we do. But music is still there. That's that's the bottom line, I guess. So it's it's been great.
0: Music has always been there with you, Johnny. It must be an experience to be part of a group locally. How is it different from your experience of being in a band in India to being in a band here in Sydney?
1: Oh, completely, completely different. Because in India, uh, you know, going back, it's almost, what, 10 years back now, I was in a progressive rock band and, and I was the lead vocalist. So, you know, I was the front man. Spotlight is on you, Your attention, everything is, uh, you know, overwhelming, but, you know, I embraced it. I actually enjoyed it. So, and now you move to a place where you don't know anybody and you're starting from scratch and then you kind of settle down and then you, you, you've got married now, you've got kids. And so it's, it's not the same, but at the same time, you want to keep in touch with music in some form. So you kind of mellow down. Um, at least for me, mellow down and then you're, you're, you're very comfortable with acoustic songs and acapellas and you love your harmonies and, and so forth. So I think it's a really a massive difference um, uh, with music here versus music back in India.
0: Has it also been different culturally working with uh, local musicians back in Sydney?
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's been very different again. I would say... Um, I mean, this could be controversial, but musicians in India are way better. That's what I find. Uh, wow. Musicians in India. Yeah. Because I, I, I go back, you know, years back, working with so many musicians in India. Amazing talent. Amazing talent. Right? Guitarists, lead guitarists. And I haven't seen guys play to that extent over here. Maybe I'm not going to the right places. I'm, I'm not sure. I've gone to a lot of gigs. Uh, but I don't see that sort of talent in Sydney, um, it's it's strange. I mean, it, uh, but at the same time, um, that's when you're like, okay, man, I, I'm trying to be uh, from a country where there's a lot of musicians, but uh, not much exposure, I would say. But here, there's exposure, but you know, it's the it's the opposite. It's it's a little different. It's it's strange.
2: Yeah, that's
0: interesting. I see your uh, musical taste has evolved over a period of time. Like you mentioned that you were part of a rock band initially, and now you're a lot more into gospel music. And this has evolved over a period of time. Do you think that church has played a big role in your life and in shaping your music too?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Church has played a massive role in in my music, not only in my music, um, but in my life as a whole. Because uh, church actually taught me that, you know, um, just gave me a perspective on life in terms of acceptance, in terms of not being judgmental. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to, um, you know, follow your dreams. And, and, you know, that sort of thing was was something that was inbuilt. So it played a massive role in, you know, uh, overcoming hurdles or overcoming anything in in, in life in general. Um, But music as well. Uh, played a massive role in uh, bringing it back to the the acoustic and the acapellas. I mean, that's always been there, part of me. But growing up in India, you, you know, you're a teenage boy, and so you would definitely try and do whatever it is to get away from church. But you know, unknowingly, it's played a lot of uh, it's played a big role in shaping my life. Absolutely,
0: I admire your parents who allowed you to pursue a creative side. Typically, most parents in India push their kids towards academics. I recollect during college days, you would spend seven to eight hours at college and then go to church, spend all evening, all night working on your music. And I remember your parents being very proud of you for being a gifted musician. Their face would light up uh, when anyone would praise you uh, about your music. And have they always been supportive of your music?
1: They've been very supportive. Absolutely. Um, But I mean, I have to say, I I have dodged them a lot. Um, I would listen to Iron Maiden at home or Metallica at home. And I would say, (laughs) well, this is gospel. Because because they were very supportive. But then they they had this thing that you need to listen to only Christian music. Or you need to uh, listen to only uh, Christian rock. So I would have to do all sorts of dodging around to say, well, Metallica is Christian music or I made it Christian music. And so I've done, so, so I've done all those things. And, uh, but you look back, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, uh, they've supported me all of that. I mean, today I joke around, I tell them, this is what I told you guys. Remember, <laughs> it wasn't anywhere close to Christian music. And they look at me like, really, you guys, you, you did that? I'm like, yeah, I did. but. Uh, and then you realize those were the days um, that, that you, as a teenager, did all those crazy things. But um, that's all, all, all has played a part, um, you know, in, in, in that interest in doing music and all of that.
2: The sound of the silence has always struck me with all. The moments we've shared are the moments like never before And I wonder if all this is meant to unfold Doesn't matter
0: about music let's not forget that music is not your day job what do you do in sydney and why did you go there
1: so yes in sydney what i do is pretty much i'm a, I'm a sales executive working for a company called gartner and it's you know i sell technology i sell software that's that's what i do and that's what got me here in the first place right Um, going back, you know, the way I started off my career was, um, I straight out of university. uh, I got placed at Oracle, which was a huge deal because I think it was the peak of recession. If I'm not wrong, it was 2009. Everybody were losing jobs and, and, and I didn't care what kind of job it was because I remember Oracle came to our campus and said, well, we're offering this job, but it's going to be a night shift job. And I said, I don't care, I'm young, I, am, I don't have nothing, no commitments, I'm going for it. So I think there was a massive advantage because not many people applied for it. Um, and I ended up getting the role at Oracle and did the whole graveyard shift for two and a half years. I mean, I would go to work at 7 p.m. and finish by 4, or 5 a.m. in the morning. Anyway, that's, that's just how I got into to the career of you know, software sales. And then fast forward two and a half years and then Oracle was laying off people massively because all the jobs are going back to the U S and here I'm like, what's my next step? Um, And I mean, I did well in that two and a half years. So my boss came and said, look, do you want to look, you know, try for an opportunity in Australia? There is, there is a vacancy at Oracle Australia. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to try for it because um, I've got nothing to lose. Um, so everybody else, what they did was settle for the next best position that was, you know, uh, was available in India. But I was like, okay, there's a lot, not many had taken that step off because there was no history of anyone getting a visa or an oracle, you know, sending people there. But I just said, you know, there's nothing to lose. So I took a massive step, did the interview. And I think that was the worst interview that I ever did. <laughs> and i had no hopes that i was going to get the role <laughs> because it was at 5 a.m. our time that i did the interview uh, it was it was so bad but i i don't know uh, i think the 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 manager there liked me and and pretty much sponsored the whole uh, transition to oracle australia and that's exactly how i came everything worked out pretty well and and i landed up here and and that's rest is history
0: it's an amazing story. I recollect uh, in 2009 when we graduated, I think we uh, were among the few people who got a job on campus. It's, it was the peak of recession. Yes. And we didn't have much of a choice as to where we wanted to go. All that uh, we were, uh, uh, you know, we, we were happy about the fact that we just, we just had a job and uh, look exactly look what it turned out to be for you. And uh, two, two and a half years later, you were in Sydney. Tell me a little bit about your city.
1: Well, Sydney, obviously everybody thinks of so. the harbour bridge, the Opera house um and you know the scenic views and all of that. i mean it's an amazing city i I fell in love with it um not immediately. I gradually fell in love with uh, i fell in love with the city um lots of Cafes, lots of food, lots of things to do. I mean, I mean, it's a city where you just walk and walk. And I'm like, I landed here in the first place. <laughs> I'm like, why are people just walking? <laughs> Everybody's exploring the whole city, just walking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And they just hop onto buses and, and get off. And it's just, it was such a different experience. And this is the first time I'm, I'm going abroad to, I mean, relocating to another city. So it was a big deal and I was so looking forward to it. Um, uh, And and, and again, Sydney uh, is known for its weather. I think among all cities in Australia, everybody envies what weather we have. It's just absolutely beautiful. And on a sunny day, you won't find Australians sitting at home. They'll be (laughs) out in the water doing their, uh, you know, uh, surfing and doing their, you know, sailing and all of that. So it's, it's a very outgoing culture and I actually loved it. People are very warm. Um, you know, you just go into cafes, you, you get your hellos and how are you going? And that's another thing. I found it so hard to understand their accents for, I think months because I am, you know, we are Bangalore boys. We came there yeah. and you know, the English we speak. It's typically yeah. Indian accent, English. Yeah. And you hear these guys are like, Hey mate, how are you going mate? And, and, you know, how do you, and, and all of that. I'm like, what do you mean? How am I going? I'm, I'm going by bus. But it's just like the slang and the way they talk was like, it was amazing to just experience that, <laughs> um, you know, they can't pronounce any word fully. They have to short, shorten it, whatever name you have. If it's David, it becomes Davo. It's, uh, it's crazy. It's, it's, not, it's not McDonald's, it's Macca's. Um, it's just crazy how everything gets shortened. they just, just just completely different culture. It's crazy.
0: <laughs> it's a truly beautiful city. But I, but I relate to what you said uh, when I moved to the UK here and the accent is so difficult to pick up and, and some, of, oh, yeah. some of the sentences that they use, you don't even know how to respond. For example, uh, you just walk into a cafe and uh, all they're going to tell you, the first thing they're going to tell you is, say, you all right? how do you respond to all right I don't know do I tell them yes I'm all right I say no I'm doing fine Sydney is a truly beautiful city I recollect the first time that uh, the first international travel for me was to Sydney this is way back John you would remember in
1: 2000 yes I know
0: and uh, I was there for a conference and I remember my boss had given me a budget of $100 per night to find a hotel in Sydney. And I remember finding a very nice, charming place in uh, King's Cross in Sydney. But when you came (laughs) to pick me up, uh, two or three days, when you came to pick me up at the hotel, you found it very amusing that I was staying at King's Cross. Why? I, I still did. haven't figured
1: out. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. I'm like, why did Arun choose King's Cross? I mean, Sydney is a <laughs> massive city. He has chosen King's Cross. So, if you asked any Sydney siders, which is what we call the localites, Sydney Ciders would be like, King's Cross, mate. It's where all the, if, in, in slang terms, it's where all the hookers are. <laughs> <laughs> That's where people go to get action. I swear, I <laughs> so had no idea. <laughs> so I'm like, is is I don't have any plans, or is he is he you know come with a purpose? So anyway, I think uh, that was funny when I actually had to come and meet you there. It was it was funny.
0: <laughs> was it a struggle for you initially to be living alone in Australia? How did you end up making friends?
1: Yeah, I would say it was struggle in a sense, um, you know, it, it was hard to make friends. And I mean, it was easy to, you know, be friends with your colleagues and things like that. But you know how the expectation is, you, your friendships in Bangalore and stuff, it's, it's a different level. I mean, you catch up every day, you go for your chais and you go for your samosa and all of that. And, you know, standing on the streets and that, you know, you come here, it's a completely different <laughs> atmosphere because so all those little things you start, you start to miss. Um, and even the friends you make are friends, but you know, you can never get to that level of how how good friends we were back in Bangalore and stuff. Um, but having said that, in, you know, th- that's when, you know, things like church and everything kept me going. I mean, I, um, I immediately looked for, you know, what can I start doing? And I joined a cricket club and then I started playing cricket. Um, So that, you know, you, you would catch up for Saturday games and go for beers. I mean, beers flows in Australia. So it's like, it's like a staple, staple drink. So every, everything you do, it's, it's got to end with a beer. So we then catch up for beers and stuff like that. So that, that kept me going. Cricket kept me going. Church kept me going. Um, and then of course work, uh, played a massive, you know, I was spending massive amount of time there. So colleagues, you would visit one another, but, but that's about it. Um, and it's the little things that you, you miss. So I, yeah, I would say it depends how, how we term struggle as, I mean, there are lots of people struggling, I guess, in different ways, but this was just, you know, the little things that you missed and stuff, but I think we, we got by.
0: Well, did you go to the famous Harris Park in Parramatta when you missed India? I remember you took me there when I visited you. And I must say, it was an interesting place.
1: Absolutely. I mean, uh, Harris Park has a street called uh, Wigram, which, which is spelled W-I-G-R-A-M. But everybody, everybody, every Indian calls it Vikram. Vikram Street. <laughs> <laughs> because it's literally a street which has only Indian restaurants, you'll find all these Bollywood sari shops and Bollywood music shops and stores. And and so you pretty much, you go to that area, actually you feel like India because nobody's obeying traffic rules. Everybody's driving like (laughs) maniacs there and, and honking around playing massive loud Punjabi music. And you know, you know how you have those people in our place. Yeah. So, um, you know, you have, you definitely feel like you're in India. It's like a, Small town there, um, and yeah, you have you you do uh, go there sometimes because you have your um, Saravana Bhavan and Anjapur and all of yeah. these restaurants. Yeah. So you just kind of feel that's probably the closest you can get to to home because Indian food here, man, it's it's so like you know everybody here and all the white people they just see it as butter chicken, windaloo, Rat, yeah. lamb, Rogan Josh. I'm like, I've not even heard these dishes when I'm yeah. <laughs> when I was it's, in India. <laughs> yes, I I, I don't <laughs> even is. know this. There's like here in Birmingham,
0: there is a dish called as Balti. Okay, so it's called the Balti okay. curry. And then when we got here, everyone was saying, us, oh my god, have you guys tried the Balti? It must be you. You guys must really love it. You're from India." We're like. We've never heard of something called as Balti. What's a Balti? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There is, there is a place called Balti Triangle here. So this is, must be similar, similar to Harris Park. A lot of Indian restaurants there. We've never been there because of the COVID lockdown. You want to go there. But then there are certain dishes you've never heard of them back in India. And uh, they come up with some innovative names.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's crazy. Uh, you find like more dishes that you've never heard of in India... Uh, in Indian restaurants here, and um, but yeah, I mean, you you always go back to your roots when 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 yeah. you want to have that authentic, that acquired yeah. taste, uh, you get it only in those specific places, which <laughs> which we always go to very often. So,
0: <laughs> I'm glad you didn't have to eat lamb Rogan Josh for too long. You ended up meeting your wife in Australia. That's an interesting story.
1: It's a it's a crazy story, actually. I mean, you have watched a lot of movies growing up and you see, oh, these things can never happen in real life, right? You've thought about these things. Man, I have to say the story that happened for me, it, it, it's like, I couldn't believe that it happened that way because here I am in Sydney. Um, it was the, it was the 1st of January, 2013. It's, it's the new year. I go to Sydney Harbor, I watch the fireworks and I get a text from my childhood friend um, and saying, hey, how are you doing? By the way, there's this girl in Australia who who's, happens to be my school friend. And she's been there for the last two years. I think you guys should connect. I'm like, oh, really? Where is she? And she, and, and she? and she tells me she's based in Darwin. I'm like, oh, Darwin. Okay. And by the way, Darwin is five hours from Sydney by flight. So that's how far it is. I'm like, so, yeah, I mean, there's no chance anything will happen. She's like, you know, because she already gave me the hint. Look, maybe you guys should chat and maybe there's something there because you're an Indian, she's an Indian, she's in Australia, you're in Australia, and she already sold the seat. And I'm like, come on. Um, And then we started chatting and then we, we realized that Roshni lived in Bangalore, went to JNC, came to my apartment so many times, uh, and I've never seen her there, and I'm, and I'm actually talking to her now, uh, and she's in Australia, and, and I'm like, what? That's crazy so because I've gone to JNC a million times to perform, yeah, and, and and I've been in my apartment for like I think 10 years, and I always lived, you know, roaming around there, and I've never crossed paths with her. I'm meeting a girl in Australia who's from the same city, in the same area speaking the same language, sharing the same faith. I'm like, what's the probability of that happening? So, um, anyway, it progressed pretty well. And, and once we discovered that these commonalities and we are like, um, and there was a spark there because it was, it was all this Bollywood stuff, right? I mean, I would wake up and say, good morning. And she would say, good morning at the same time. And we are like, Oh, maybe this is love. (laughs) So it's all <laughs> of the movie kind of stuff that happened and we were like, uh, but, but there was something there and, um, and this is how it happened. So this is how I closed the deal. I'm a sales guy. So I need to yeah. close it. I said, look, um, I think you and me both know, and this is, this is it. Um, I think I've never ex- experienced such connection in terms of, you know, meeting someone in Australia. We lived in the same place and same Whatever, 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 and she agreed. And you know, I said, "You know, I'm making a commitment, and this is it." And
0: I'm really happy that you met Roshni. She's among the most polite and nicest people that I've ever met. I'm so happy for you that it happened. And uh, from meeting Roshni to now being a father, how has that been?
1: Wow, that's a whole different uh, experience. I mean, um, it, it. I mean, we had three years of marriage uh you know as as between ourselves so we we had time to really get to know each other and explore things in sydney and and things like that and then we finally decided okay it's time to have a baby and we made the move we we had zach zachariah ethan uh who is now two and a half years old but the feeling was unreal i mean it, it sounds cliche because every father tells this but um, but actually it's true, so I, I I can't find any other word to say it, but it was unreal the experience of seeing your boy being born and then seeing him um just grow and it's, it's just crazy, it's just a different kind of love, but that's when you think, man, how did our parents do this? <laughs> man, I'll tell you what fatherhood gets hard, it tests your patience, it tests every core of your life like you know it's it's just unbelievable
0: well uh is he anything like our other friend zach who had a girlfriend when he was three <laughs>
1: <laughs> that zach i don't think anyone can match because <laughs> he's a heartrobe um who was you know who was very smart and cared about his hairstyles and but yeah um This is, this is, it could very well be the case when he grows (laughs) up, which is very concerning for me.
0: Great. Johnny, I know that you are now officially an Australian citizen. So let's like, you know, uh, test your knowledge of the Australian slang that you were talking about. I'm just going to ask you five questions. Let's see how many of them you get it right. And if you're truly an Australian,
1: what do you say? Oh, my gosh. Um, you're putting me under pressure, Arun. This is like... Uh, yeah, let's see. Let's see. How will go far, for it. Uh, is, let's go for it. Let's go for it.
0: Okay, here we go. Can you guess the meaning of these Australian slang expressions? Okay, the first one, Johnny. Okay. What does a bit dusty mean? A. Sleepy. B. Hungover or C on drugs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the answers, I'm gonna guess. I think uh it's 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 option B. Hungover? Hungover. You're right. It is hungover. Oh, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa. Yeah, I think I might have vaguely heard it, so I, I, I wasn't sure. But yeah, I'm glad I got it right. One point. <laughs> One
0: point. Okay, second. How about chokers? What does chockers mean? A, yeah, full to the brim. B, chocolate bars. Or C, necklaces.
1: It's full to the brim. It's chockers, mate. It's chokers.
0: Spot on, Johnny. You're doing quite well. Okay, the third one. I think you're going to get this because even I know this. Do you know what a Sheila is? A, a person who's not very bright. B, a generic term for a woman. C, a woman you respect and admire.
1: I actually don't know this. What is the word? Sheila. Sheila. Um, I'm going to go with option A.
0: So, you're saying a person who's not very bright? Yeah. No. A Sheila oh. is a woman you respect and admire.
1: Wow. Okay. That's the new learning for today. What are budgie smugglers? <laughs> what are
0: budgie smugglers? A. Shoplifters. B. Men swim trunks. C. Acrobatic tricks,
1: men swim trunks. Seriously? <laughs> yes, you're right. Why is it called a budgie smuggler? What kind? I have no idea. I mean, you <laughs> we see ads on TV with with people wearing trunks and like get your budgie smugglers <laughs> right now for twenty dollars. And then there's an ad that comes like, why do they call budgie smugglers? <laughs> Is, man, Australian slang is, I, I find it the most hilarious at the same time, most um, uh, casual and this laid back attitude. Like they call afternoon "avo." Like what are you doing this "avo" mate? I and mean, they can't pronounce a full word. Everything has to be shortened. It's crazy. Um, but it's, it's really cool when you actually speak.
0: The British would say you're butchering the English language. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, and I think that's the part they don't care. And, and, and any English, I mean, there's a big English population here, and and they always go at each other. I mean, you talk about ashes, you and and all those things, English and the Aussies, they man, they go hard at each other, man. It's crazy.
0: <laughs> okay, you got four questions there, proving yourself to be a true blue Aussie. So thanks for being on the show. This was fun.
1: Arun, it was an absolute pleasure being on your show. Thanks for having me. I think uh, this was fun doing it because, you know, the very fact it's a podcast and you're doing this, good on you. So um, wish you all the best in in all the episodes ahead. But uh, I enjoyed it. So keep going. Thank you for having
2: me. The sound of the silence has always struck me with awe The moments we've shared are the moments like never before And I wonder